Yeah, Father, I just pray, um, Lord, this morning that uh, what you say in uh, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Father, nothing is hidden before you, and I just ask, Lord, that you would speak to us this morning. Father, thank you, uh, Lord, thank you for worship, that we get to worship you. And Father, yeah, we just thank you that you are alive and you are speaking to your church this morning. Well, I'm going to be, uh, yeah, continuing on this um, series we've been doing around simplicity and the I Lack Nothing um, series that we've been going. Haven't they been amazing? And what I want to um, talk about this morning is talk about the voice of God. Talk about hearing the Lord and how we lack nothing because he speaks. We lack nothing. You know, Jesus said while he was being tempted, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that is, sets us up to realize that we lack nothing when he speaks. It's his word that we are clinging to. It's what we need. If you are, if you are in a moment uh, in your life listening to this message where you recognize, God, you, you need the Lord to speak into something, this message is for you. Um, I just believe that today that God just wants to wake the church up um, for us to hear his word again. You know, I, there's a, a mark of maturity for all of us believers who are following the Lord that a mark of maturity is being able to hear the voice of the Lord in all seasons. Now, his voice might be quieter in seasons, but it doesn't mean he's not saying anything. What means is, is potentially he told you the word four months ago and his word hasn't changed. But the point is, is that we are to be hearers of the Lord. I heard it said recently that every person is designed to hear the voice of God. It's in our nature as a believer to have faith, but it's our nature as a human being to hear from God. And if you hear anyone say, well, I can't hear the voice of God, well, then you cannot be born again because our conversion is in response to his voice. It was in response to him speaking to you. It's never initiated through us. He is always, always speaking to us. You know, it's a question. Just ask yourself, what was the last thing that God spoke to you? Maybe, maybe it was just in this worship that we've just had. Maybe it was a whisper. He whispered something to your soul. What, when was the last time he spoke to you in your dreams? How is he talking to you through your children? What is he saying to you through your business? What, what is the Lord speaking to you through relationships, whether they are going well or they are really challenged right now? What is the Lord speaking to you? Because I guarantee it, he is speaking. The question is more about, are we listening? Are we listening? And let me um, jump in. My text today is John 10. And uh, I want to talk about how Jesus clearly lays out the, the black and white, the right and wrong, the, his, his voice and the enemy's voice and how he clearly divides them, that he divides them as he explains John 10. And context before this is uh, he has just healed a man of blindness and surrounded by the religious mob that are so mad that he's done this and that they were so cruel to the man that Jesus almost 
heals the man and then says, okay, you need to, you need to understand how I do things and how you hear my voice because you're clearly not listening to me. So this, this part of the passage is really well known, John 10, and I'm just going to read it to you from verses 1 to 16. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So verse 7 is Jesus quite literally repeating what he had just said, because the religious ears, the people were not getting it. So Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. He who is hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have also sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Such, such an amazing uh, big uh, passage of scripture that I've just read there. And I'm just gonna, I just wanna go through a few of them to highlight my message this morning. And um, you've, Heard it from me before, but again, I'm doing a shepherd's analogy. Of course, I'm talking about sheep again, but the shepherd. But really importantly, Jesus again is talking about shepherding. And one of the things he clearly talks about is the sheepfold. Now, you might not know what the sheepfold is, but I can explain it to you. It's quite literally the place where the sheep would sleep at night. It was like a home. It would be like the sheep would be grazing at night, eating from their pasture, and then the sheep would then go into a room, part where the shepherd would be, and it was a wall, it would be, um, obviously back then it wasn't brick and cement, it was, it was uh, stones piled up, but it was a room, one door, they would go into the sheepfold, and there would be four walls, a roof over their heads, and they would be safe, they would be warm from the weather outside, they'd be protected from the rain, but more importantly, what Jesus is saying is that with him being the shepherd, what did shepherds do when the sheep went into the sheepfold? The shepherd would not shut the door. The shepherd would lie across the door to be the door to protect the sheep at night so that nothing could come in and no sheep could leave. So being protected 
Jesus is saying, as you know, shepherds lie against a door to protect. I am that door. I am that door to, 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 the, to my people. You know, uh, John 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is a, a, a picture of we are to go through Jesus to get to God. So he is the door. And if you're listening to this and you know that you are not at peace with God, or you've come and you've been following us and you're enjoying these messages, we're all here Life Church Bath of a body of people that believe Jesus Christ is, is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the door. We all went through him to get to the Father. And if you are listening and you want to make that same decision, do it. Do it. Make that decision. You can just hit the prayer button. Like we said, we have people ready to pray with you, to connect with you, and to help you and, and, and encourage you and equip you to walk out this journey of following Christ. It will be the best decision you ever make. All right, back to the sheep, sheepfold picture. I've told you what the a place was where they would be protected. Now, there wasn't just one sheepfold. If you imagine a, a shepherd who had flocked, that he would be walking through the uh, plains of Palestine and, 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 and the, uh, the hills and the valleys of Israel. But there would be times where the shepherd would not, be, would not make it home in time that they would be going on a journey and let's say they need to go um, you know, miles ahead. Well, if they don't reach their final destination and there's no sheepfold, what there was is that there were sheepfolds planted across the plains where at night, it was like an Airbnb hotel. It was like, you can crash here for the night, the sheep are safe and you can be there. I mean, say Airbnb, how many people are trying to book their places now that everything's slowly starting to open up? But these were different to the ones that were the home. See, the difference with these sheepfolds is that they had no roof. They were open and they were vulnerable to the elements. But they were scattered around and the shepherds still did the same thing. They still slept across the door. They were still the door, the protection. But recognize this, what they, the sheep were not protected for were thieves and robbers who could jump over the wall and get them. I mean, this, I mean, for me, like, we're, we're talking about sheep right now, but I believe this is a metaphor for the church that whenever you are on a journey with the Lord and the Lord is moving you from one season to the next, that season of transition is normally the most vulnerable. And I believe it's because the Lord is moving the church, you, friends, a community, is moving us from one place to the other. And it's in that movement that you are more um, at risk, you are more... Um, what would we say, vulnerable to the elements. And then when Jesus is saying about the thief and the robber, he's not telling us as his people to be aware and, and avoid them. He's saying when they come, this is what you are to expect. I will be there. This is more of a warning for us, church, when the thief and the robber come. Jesus being the good shepherd never abandons us. So even in, the, in, in this series of saying, I lack nothing, it's still going to the point of that he never leaves us and he never abandons us. But as we've just read in verse one, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheephole by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Anything, anything that does not go through Jesus 
that affects your life, Jesus is saying is a thief or a robber. Anything. Anything that is not of submission to Christ, anything that is not going through Jesus, that Jesus is allowing them to come into the sheepfold, he's saying is a thief and a robber. Now, I'm not sure if you've, I can only speak from experience here, but really sadly, I've, I have, me and Ruth, we have experienced the real life reality of a thief coming into our house and taking our stuff. It happened many years ago. And what was amazing, I, I've probably said the story before, but what was amazing is that um, the people that, were, that robbed us were actually caught by the police before we even knew. So we heard from the police that they'd found our stuff. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then, and then I, he told me what had happened. And it all happened within like five hours while I was at work. But there, is, there are principles in what Jesus is saying. that This is not about physical thieves and robbers. You know that we, we are in a spiritual battle. We do not fight against flesh and blood, church. This, this, this part of scripture, Jesus is not talking us about buying better Yale padlocks on our door for our homes. This is about spiritual growth, maturity, and recognizing that we have an enemy. He, Jesus then goes on to even draw the line in the sand and says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy but I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Like, it's so polar opposite. One destroys, the other builds, okay? So one, one, one's, the enemy's tactic is to knock down anything that is of God, that God is building, whereas the Lord wants to build, wants to build through you and him being the foundation, so it's the Christ being the cornerstone, being the foundation. Jesus' life, what he did for us on the cross, is in correlation to say that what he wants to do in your life, he wants to build. So can you see the difference? The enemy wants to destroy, the God wants to build. I am not enemy-focused. I'm not, I'm not thinking like, hey guys, I now need to talk about Satan, because no one knows who he is, and we have to just you know, effectively glorify someone who's lost. But like we did today, we exalted the name of Jesus. That's how you make the enemy small. You don't talk about him, you focus on the one who overcame him. And you lift up the name of Jesus, and we're doing that. We do that in this house. But Paul writes to the church in 2 Corinthians 2.11, and he just says this really, plain, really plainly and simply to the church. Church, do not be ignorant to Satan's devices. Do not be ignorant. He is, he's the father of lies, he's the father of deceit. So every word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. And I want to propose to you this morning, church, that one of the biggest lies that the church needs to fight is that there is no enemy, that he doesn't exist. And it, what, it, what I mean by that is it comes out with statements where we may have thought, we may have heard, whether it be on the news, social media, but it comes, there might be lots of conversation, but it all comes down to lines like this. Cancer is just normal. 
Accidents just happen. Your prayers have no power. People just die. Oh, that's normal in England. A question might, well, when was the last time I saw a miracle? Oh, well, I heard that on BBC News. Or maybe you're thinking about someone or talking about someone. Oh, he's been oppressed for years. Oh, her, her addiction will never be broken. She, she's just born with that. That's just like family line stuff. Like, yeah, can't change that. They'll, they'll never be healed. These very subtle seeds of what I believe is the voice of the enemy when he's throwing it at the church, we have to recognize as believers that we are in a battle. And it takes maturity to sometimes realize that because of the enemy being the father of lies and deceit, we can start believing things that we don't know how they got there, but they're just there. And if we don't deal with them like a weed in the garden, if you don't deal with it quickly, what happens? It grows. Not only does it grow, but it also starts to wrap itself around the plants, the fruit of what you do want in the garden. In the topic of prayer, Jesus taught us to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, the playing field when it comes to prayer, Jesus is saying, pray like me. What I see in heaven, we are to pray what we see in heaven and declare it now here on earth. Is that, am I in agreement? Yeah? <laughs> so that is the, this is the realization of that if we see things that are going on in our world, in our lives, in our family, in society today that are not supposed to be in heaven, then there's the question of we as followers of Christ, Jesus has told us how to pray. He's told us how to interact with an injustice, pain, sickness, disease, death. We are to pray like Jesus taught us to pray, may your kingdom come. And as we begin to recognize the Lord's voice in this topic, we then so clearly then begin to recognize the enemy's voice. We don't need to focus on what the enemy's doing. We need to focus on what God's doing because that's when you know what's the, what's the silly voice. Well, that's not God. We have to engage actually with recognizing that we are in a spiritual war, we actually engage in warfare when we pray, when we worship, when we declare. We have faith, believing in things hoped for. But after time, Josh said it this morning, that we have to recognize that disappointment and a long season where it's felt like, Lord, will this season end? Or you might feel like there's just so much around you right now that feels like it's going wrong. These are the times where we as believers, we must not step back. We have to step forward. We have to step forward because this is what we were born for, church. We were born for such a time as this. You were born to be alive on this day, at this minute, in this hour. You know, history is a great teacher. 
And I've got a, a picture of something that we all know that happened that to me um, encompasses really what the spiritual fight for many of us can look like. In, um, you know, in the, 20, in the 1920s, 1930s, and 40s, we were, in, we were involved in two wars, First World War and Second World War. And it, gearing up to the Second World War, our prime minister at the time, a man called Neville Chamberlain, became the uh, man known for one word. And his, his, the, the word that he was known for was that he was the man of appeasement. And the reason why he was known as the man of appeasement is that nations around the world were witnessing Italy invading um, Ethiopia. They were watching Germany's hand in, in breaking up Austria. And the sense of war is coming was running through the streets and in the houses of commons. And, and it was recognizing the government knew that war was coming. Now, Neville Chamberlain, his stance when recognizing that war potentially was coming, he chose to fly over to Germany to meet Hitler and the, and, and the German government, and he had one goal, peace. He had one goal in saying that we need to bring peace to this situation. And fear of if England were to go to war, financially we would not be able to afford it. So his idea was we need to break a deal. And it's very famous that Neville Chamberlain came back from that meeting with a piece of paper that was signed by Hitler saying that he would not invade Poland, that he would not be starting a war. And as we all know what history tells us, that it was a lie and that Neville Chamberlain put his hope in a piece of paper that was written by an evil force that was on this world. He put his hope and the nation's hope into what the enemy was saying. No one wanted war. Hear me this. No one, no one wants war. But this is a perfect picture of that sometimes we as believers can just feel like we just need to hope for the best and believe maybe what's been written on a piece of paper rather than engaging with the authority that God has given us as believers. I, I want to provoke us this morning to ask the church, are we believing something that actually comes from, from the enemy that wants us to actually to step back in engaging with what we are seeing in our world today? You know, when I read 1 Samuel and when we see the account of David, when he starts to hear the voice of the enemy shouting blasphemy and accusations to the, to, to, uh, the Israelites, he hears the enemy and he is so mad that the enemy is speaking, what does he do? He doesn't go to Goliath to negotiate a deal. He runs at him, throws a rock and stuns him. Goliath falls down and he takes the head off Goliath. Our prayers and how we engage with what's going on in our world today need to look like that church. You know, let me read to you what Isaiah 60 says about you and me. Arise, shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. 
for his glory will be seen upon you and that the world will come to your light. We are the light of the world. And if you are witnessing darkness, if you are seeing things that's happening to your friends, your family, your neighbors, if you're hearing things on the news that you know, you know is wrong, we need to engage in prayer. We need to engage because this is our mission. We, we've just read it. The glory of the Lord will be seen upon us. So therefore, we are to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. But if we get afraid of the battle and we, we take a step back, the church is not being the church. We are not doing what God has called us to do. You know, in a time right now, guys, when young people in our nation are being just oppressed, being challenged with depression, with suicide, with, with just darkness. It's a time where the church stands up and says, no more. Amen. That does not happen on our watch. That does not happen because we're alive today. We need to bind the enemy, silence it, and speak the voice of the Father over people that just want to know the truth. They're being fed lies. Jesus came that we may have life and life to the full. We, um, we've just been so aware this week as an eldership um, meeting together over Zoom and, and just been praying for a number of situations that we've, we've been aware in the house and also outside the house in the city and out, outside in our nation that we just feel like, guys, we need to be aware of the enemy's voice, not to focus in on it, but for us to engage right now in corporate prayer. But you individually, if you're listening to this, if your posture is sitting down when you know the Lord is speaking to you, or you know that, actually, I need to be praying, not because I'm telling you to, but because you know the Lord is leading you into prayer, please do it. That there, there are things that the church has gone through over these last 12 months that I believe that are kind of once in a lifetime, once in a generation moment where the church has been forced to pivot and our messages and our, our moments of connecting with the Lord are different. We may never have this again. So our goal as, as mature believers is to say, God, I wanna take everything that you have for me in this season, everything. We don't know if this will happen again, but the Lord is gonna use what the enemy meant for evil for his good. We don't need to go and defend, we need to go on the attack. And what that looks like, for those of you who look, might be like, Jonathan, what are you talking about? We're, this is about, we are in a spiritual battle. And just you in worship declaring the name of Jesus, you are changing atmospheres, not just in your home, but we need to believe that our prayers are powerful in this season and that we are on the offense, not defense, church. We need to stand up. So we are, we're just gonna go into some worship and I want you to, wherever you're listening to me, I want you to physically stand. We're not together in our, in, in our normal place of habitation today. We would be together, but if you were in this building, we would be standing because it, it's just a stance of physical stance to say we're about to engage. We're about to engage in something. And I just want us to first just 
We're going to worship, but the worship song's been specifically chosen for you who's listening to hear from the Lord yourself. I, I just want to recognize that some of you are listening are oppressed and depressed, and it's not your fault. It's a spirit that the Lord wants to lift off you this morning. And to do that, you in yourself, like I said last week, the courage of the woman with the issue of blood, she had to take the courage of herself to stand up and call out the name of Jesus to be set free. And I just want you to ask yourself, is there something that you're believing right now that you know is not from the Lord? I'm provoking us, church, because this is the church standing up and making a difference. We have to recognize Satan's devices. And once we know them, we deal with them. You can say something like, oh man, I'm believing this lie. Well, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that lie. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that thought. Father, I rebuke any feeling of oppression off me. I speak to the depression that I might be feeling. I say it to lift off me in the name of Jesus. Just speak out what you know the Holy Spirit is speaking off you. We're just going to pray. I'm going to pray and we're just going to just listen to the Lord. The Lord wants to speak. Where the thief has tried to steal, where the robber has tried to bring destruction, we're going to listen together corporately as the shepherd, the good shepherd is going to speak. So just turn your hearts to the Lord and let's stand up. If you're sat down, focus on the Lord and just allow the voice of the Lord to wash over you.